you know the feeling. You get an email from Amazon's associate and your heart rate jumps up. Did they slash your commission in half or did they start auditing your website and found all sorts of nasty things? Did they ban you already? Well, no, not this time. At least not for most affiliates. Amazon just sent a mass email basically letting you know that you have to explicitly be disclosing to your visitors that your links are affiliate links. But what should you do? How should you do it? And when does it have to be done? In today's podcast, we cover all of this and affiliate disclaimers in general. So let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. No hype, no BS, no censorship. Just real life online marketing tactics. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Atari Hacker Podcast. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone that joined Atari Hacker Pro. I'm kind of overwhelmed by the amount of people that joined. I didn't expect this many, to be honest. I don't know what you think, Mark. Well, as many as I expected, but then again, you're always very pessimistic about these things, so. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, you know, it's like when you make a birthday party and then you send the invites and then you're afraid like nobody's going to show up, you know? Okay, maybe that's not the best comparison for a launch, but it's the emotional, the feeling is the same, basically. But um, what I'm very happy about as well is that the members seem to be appreciating the, appreciating the new blueprints and the community. And I'm also pretty happy with the level of the new members. Like a lot of people have like sites that are doing well already and, you know, they're like veterans and stuff. So it's going to be great for the community, actually, even for existing members that were here before. So I'm also really happy to see that so many people joined who listen to our podcast as well. So shout out to, to those people people listening in today we were sending out intro messages like from our support team to everyone asking them to like post in our uh, facebook community and like so many people were saying oh i listen to the podcast i appreciate mark and gail's humor someone even said i don't know why but they were just being nice you know yeah probably Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, thank you for to everyone. I guess a bunch of people are listening to the podcast that joined. So that was a good occasion to address everyone. I want to make a video before we go to Asia. So we're about to go to Asia at the time at which we're recording. When this podcast goes out, we are in Asia actually. But yeah, we're recording a bunch right now so that you guys keep getting your podcast episodes. So it's gonna be like a bit quieter now. And apart from the podcast, with which will still roll out, but we are back like in three weeks from the point uh, at which you're listening to this podcast. There will be podcasts going out every week as we're away on this trip. It's not a holiday, by the way. We're going to a couple of conferences. So if anyone's in Bali this week, come along to DMSS. Both Gail and I are speaking there. And if you're at the Chiang Mai SEO conference, which I believe tickets are sold out to now, then come along to to see Gail talk, I think, on the second day, is it you're going to be speaking? Yeah, on the second day in the morning, I'm basically nursing everyone's hangover, you know? Because like people drink hard at this conference. And so like... It's great because my conference is full of my conference. My presentation is full of number and stats. So people are going to love this at 9 a.m. after drinking like crazy. Should be fun. Anyway, anyway, let's jump into the podcast episode. And as I said in the intro, we are going to be talking about that email that Amazon Associates sent to everyone. It's like I mentioned it in the. Um, in the intro, because that's how it feels. Like every time you see an email from Amazon Associates, it's like it's an email you don't want to see. You'd rather them tell you nothing and send you a check every month. Uh, <laughs> and when you see an email, it's usually, oh, we revise our commission rates. So like your site is breaking our TOS. You need to change within 48 hours or you will be banned or something. So usually not very um, not, not very encouraging. They do send a lot of emails for like uh, the changes of terms of service as well, like tiny things every month pretty much. But still, like it's pretty scary. And in this case, this is an email that everyone has received. So if you've received that email, 
And Mark is going to read it to you in a second, but like, don't be afraid. You're not being targeted. Everyone has received this. But what does the email say, Mark, exactly? I'm going to read it out and kind of dissect it a little bit as I go. The email, which was sent to every single Amazon associate, says, Hello, associate. This is a reminder of your disclosure obligations under the operating agreement. So this is this is good because this is a reminder. It's not a warning. It's nothing to be like too worried about at this stage. Uh, it goes on to say, anytime you share an affiliate link, it's important to disclose that to your audience. They will trust you more if if you are transparent about where they're directing, where you're directing them to, and why. To meet the associate program's requirements, you must one include a legally compliant disclosure with your affiliate links, and two identify yourself on your site as an Amazon associate with the language required in the operating agreement. This is the disclosure that you have to put. So these two things, which they've just said there, these are the things which Amazon wants you to comply with. And it then goes on to say to comply with the FTC, which is the United States Federal Trade Commission regulations, your link level disclosure must be clear and conspicuous. And it goes on to explain a little bit more detail about what this means. In addition, the operating agreement requires that the following statement be clearly and conspicuously appear on your site. As an Amazon associate, I earn from qualifying purchases. Goes on to talk a little bit bit about social media, and then it goes on to talk a little bit about the FTC rules, and it has a link to some of those as well. And this, this email, understandably, has got everyone a little bit worried and a little bit confused, I would say. A lot of people think that there's some new law or some new rules or something's happening. Nothing has, just to be clear, nothing has changed for several years. All of these rules and regulations have already existed since at least 2017 when I first looked into this, but most likely for, for many years before this. So it's it's really important not to get too worried that there's some kind of imminent thing about to happen or you know some some deadline which you need to apply this stuff to that's that's not the case at all. What is kind of interesting is this is the first time Amazon has sent a sort of blanket request of this this kind of scale. Uh, and they've been in typical Amazon way deliberately vague, which is really unhelpful, but it's also understandable. So let me just clarify why that is. Amazon, as the largest online retailer in the world, and I think the largest affiliate program, certainly by number of affiliates in the world, is kind of target number one for any regulation or any kind of attacks that the FTC might want to put out there. If they get Amazon doing something wrong and they kind of prove a point there, it sends a message to, to everyone else the FTC might come after Amazon. And then that that means that Amazon want to proactively be make sure that they're in compliance with everything which the FTC is saying, or the FTC is requesting. But I want to say one thing to this, by the way, it's like the question uh, of why are they doing this now when this has been low for a long time is because apparently for the last prime day, in July, there has been like a lot of complaints to the FTC about promos that were like not properly labeled. But that was mostly a social media thing, apparently, like Instagram, etc. And so the FTC has, I think they've issued a warning to Amazon. And so that's why Amazon is essentially they're telling the FTC telling Amazon, hey, watch out, like your affiliates are just not 
complying. And it's a, I guess they're, they're counting on Amazon. You have to remember as well that the FTC is a government body. They don't have millions of dollars in resources to just throw around there. Their, their funding's tight as it is. And they can't really, they don't have the manpower to go after and like police every single site on the internet. They generally will respond primarily to complaints and generally to a high number of those. So if a lot of people are complaining about something, then they may take take action. It seems like that may have been the case here. I haven't seen the specific complaints, which apparently were, were sort of lobbied. So I got this info from uh, onfolio.co, like Don Wells' website. You're going to be doing a podcast with him soon? And so he made an article about this. So he actually like uh, dug up the article, etc. So I'm, we probably will put a link to the article in the show notes of this episode, so you can go and check them out. But he, he dug that out, and uh, that was a July 15 and 16, 2019, during Prime Day. Yeah, so the, the main thing that people are kind of worried about is like, what does this actually mean, first of all? And what do I have to, to do about it? So, and I've seen on Reddit, on a number of Facebook groups that I'm in, what usually happens when Amazon does something like this or says something like this is people will post screenshots of some conversation they had with the Amazon support where they've asked, hey, do I need to include a disclosure next to every affiliate link? And someone on their support will say, no, you don't need to do that. And then they'll be like, okay, well, this guy said I don't need to do it. So I'm using that as proof and I'm not going to do it. And then the opposite happens with someone else. They, they say, oh, yeah, this person in support said I do have to do it. So I'm going to do it and I'm going to spend uh, hundreds of hours doing that across all my sites or something. Which one of those is correct? If you get, especially in the case where I've seen as I was researching the show, like very, very strong contradictory evidence from different people within Amazon, which is understandable. You know, it's a very large organization. The intricacies of the FTC rules are very, very nuanced, let's say, in that they are not very clear. And even to most legal professionals, they're not entirely sure what you have to do and what you haven't to do. Because if you look at the FTC's website and the rules, it's very vague. It talks about being clear and conspicuous talks about some cases where which is definitely not okay in some cases which might be okay but it doesn't really sort of give a clear indication of what's crossing the line and what's not crossing the line i think they've deliberately left it vague so that they have essentially the power to go after people if they really wanted to so yeah it's something to to sort of be wary of as well but that's why Amazon can't be clear either in their email, basically, because if the FTC is not clear, like how can Amazon be clear on like what you exactly have to do? Because there's no like strong enforcement. I mean, has there been any case of like affiliate sites that has been like punished for like not being, not disclosing or anything? So I have not seen any case of the FTC coming after an affiliate site. The one situation I do remember was where a, a YouTuber called Syndicate, who's like plays. Call of Duty or something like that. He was running some kind of loot crate web gambling type website where you randomly got some kind of, I don't even know what game it was for, but you got some kind of prize, like some kind of colored skin or weapon or something in some game, but you like had to pay real money for it or something. And he was basically promoting that on his YouTube channel, but not disclosing that he was actually a co-owner of it. And he got fined, I think $40,000 or something like that for it this is a guy with you know 10 million subscribers on youtube like very 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 prominent kind of guy 
And I think that the nature of what he was doing there is probably, you know, you'd say it's probably kind of correct that that's maybe misleading people in what he was doing, like not disclosing he owned the company when he was promoting it in all his, his videos. So I don't know. I don't want to sort of cast judgment on anything like that, but that's that's what happened. As far as I know, that that fine was accepted and he he paid it. But I am not familiar with any case where an Amazon affiliate website, pure affiliate website, has had issues like like that. So that's so much as to say is I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. Like of course, some of that is going to happen at some point to an affiliate site, but you know, I would say don't go out there thinking the sky is falling tomorrow and you need to kind of redesign your whole site around this. We're not there yet. We're still quite quite a long way away from that. I think the bigger risk, though, is that Amazon starts enforcing that for the FTC, basically, no? I think that's what the FTC wants, right? The FTC doesn't have the capability to go after and to monitor these you know, millions of different websites. But Amazon actually does have that resources to, to to do that they do some of it already right we've been reviewed before like they they said like oh we reviewed your website and this one thing is like out of the tos please change it so i guess it can just be changed in the way they review it so that but the problem is if they do that then they're gonna start being they're gonna need to be a lot more clear than they have been in that email i guess you know because it's very difficult i guess I do wonder as well whether they're not just sending this to give the impression that they're policing it and to give the impression that they're looking at it so that if something comes back in future, they can say, hey, look, you know, we have millions of sites. We've, we've proactively sent out this warning that we've sent out links to all your guidance. You know, it's it's on them. It's not on us to police this. So, yeah, it's probably that right now. It's like until they get more in trouble, it, it's probably just like, hey, look, we've done something. Yeah. And it's sort of like the, the crux of where all this this issue is really is, is kind of around two areas. So one is the affiliate disclaimer or disclosure. So if you're an Amazon associate, you probably have on your site something like, as an Amazon associate, I earn from qualifying purchases. The, the, the exact text of that has changed a little bit over the years. I think, I forget what the older one was, but it, it's still valid. Whatever version of this you have, it's kind of cool. That's, that, that's what Amazon wants you to do. That's good. Now, the issue is that you're supposed to have this clear and conspicuously on your site. Now, what that means is open to interpretation. So some people will stick this in an advertising policy page or at the bottom of their privacy policy or their terms or something like that. And that is definitely not good enough. I think the FTC specifically says, don't do that. A lot of people will also put it in the footer of their website. So right at the bottom of the page. And there is language in the FTC site, which says that that is not acceptable in their eyes. But what they do say is that if you put it higher up, then that's better. So, so someone will have to kind of read it in order to to get through to the, the place in the page they, they want to go to. Now, where they start to get really kind of vague is in uh, what they talk about. If you're reviewing a single product and you have that disclaimer at the top, you know, that's cool. But then if you start have like multiple links and like different products and stuff where it could be not very clear to someone, then they say that you need to go further, but they don't really specify what that means to go further. So it's a little bit of a difficult one to say exactly what to do. But like, I would say that having that kind of just the Amazon disclaimer or some version of it, 
high up on your page is definitely something you should be be looking at doing. That they also go on in this message to say about having at a link level to identify links as affiliate links. The FTC also, interestingly, says that it doesn't think the general public will know what an affiliate link is. So you can't just write brackets affiliate link or something like that because most people, they think, will not understand what that is. So you're not actually helping yourself if you're doing you know, brackets affiliate link or something like that. What you need to do is you need to specify that you are incentivized or you earn a commission or something like that from the link. But what I'm talking about here is that they're implying that you need to do that next to every link, which is absolutely crazy from a UX perspective. It sounds like they worked with the EU or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so look, I, we actually engaged a lawyer in 2017 to to kind of ask about this this kind of stuff because it was it was a little bit unclear and kind of hard to believe. And the first thing the lawyer said to us in the email back was, "Okay, here's here's all the information. Don't shoot me. I'm just the messenger. I think all this is ludicrous." And that's that's his professional opinion. So, I think that kind of like paints a picture of the view that not just affiliates like us have, but the legal profession have of these these rules. That, that they're kind of not very well thought out. And also it's a very fast changing environment and it's likely that these will change over time as different things sort of happen. I mean, we just saw a couple months ago or a month or so ago, the uh, different tags that like sponsored tag instead of no follow and UGC, all that. So, you know, maybe there's there's scope for something in there or maybe some kind of different overlay or interface and in web browsers to identify them or, or something like that. The point is this is a rapidly changing environment. So expect whatever we're talking about today. To yeah, but as the well. thing as well is like for legal professions, they don't just... For the for legal professionals, they don't just look at the law, right? They look at court cases and they look at how the law has been enforced in practice. You know, a law is not really a law until there's a court case. Like, I mean, it, nobody really knows how it works and it's pretty frequent for a lot of rules, which is why I was asking you earlier if there's any kind of court case. In this case, there hasn't been really any court case and it's very unlikely it's going to be you if there's a court case. It's going to be a big site, you know? Like, unless you're like a super heavy heater listening, listening to a podcast, which I know there's a few, but it's very, very unlikely. So the thing is, it you will not know exactly what all of this stuff means until someone, until there's a court case or two, and then we can rely on these to see how the law has been applied. And usually when there is more trials, etc., they rely on the results of the first few trials using that law to determine the outcome of the other trials and other legal issues. And Therefore, the first few court cases will determine how this law is applied, which hasn't happened yet for affiliate sites, at least. Yeah, and, and the other thing which I've seen a lot of people say, because the FTC is a U.S. government body, they'll say, well, I'm not a U.S. citizen or I'm, I'm outside the U.S., like I, I don't give a shit about this. So the defense of I'm not a U.S. citizen is not really valid here. I was told by a lawyer that it's very unlikely that the FTC would make an effort to pursue a non-U.S. company for this, like outside the, the country and like make it a big international thing. But 
you know, the U.S. is where so much of the services and tools you use, if you use any kind of bank account in the U.S., or, you know, they could go directly to Amazon or another affiliate partner and just have them ban you or block you or stop you doing business with them. Um, they can even, they have the power to petition U.S. ISPs and force them to block your site from U.S. ISPs. Now, this is, you know, don't I, I don't want anyone... I don't want anyone listening to this think that that's about to imminently happen because their disclosure is in the wrong place or, or something. Um, my non-legal opinion, and this is not legal advice, of course, is that, that that's like a very, very, very unlikely extreme example. I'm just saying that, I'm just saying this to highlight the point that they have a lot of power. So don't completely ignore this because they can they can get to you. So basically, what's coming out of this is that. It's very unlikely you're going to get any trouble from the FTC. The only likely trouble you will get is from Amazon if they decide to change the way they review sites. And it's basically Amazon's interpretation of this law that will be relevant rather than the FTC's in the case of people who are listening to this podcast. Correct. So to, to sort of focus in on it, I think there's two things. There's first the general disclaimer, which if you're not putting that towards the top or up high on your site somewhere, then you should probably consider doing that. I think that's an easy thing to change. I don't think it's going to affect conversions significantly at all. And it shows that you're kind of making some effort and it probably puts you ahead of the majority of sites who, who are not doing that at, at the moment. That's one thing. Let me just add one thing to this. I've actually, I went to check what some big sites do and how they do it, right? Just to like some get real life examples, uh, um, I checked like a bunch, but the, I think the two that did it the best were Wirecutter and the Points Guy. So the Wirecutter, they basically have a one liner between their menu and the featured image of the article. So high up on the page, just before the article's body kind of stuff. And it says, Wirecutter is reader supported. When you buy through links on our sites, we may earn an affiliate commission. And then they have a learn more, which is their privacy policy link. And then the points guy has it just before the article. So below the featured image, like literally just before the first word of the article. And it says, the post contain references to products from one or more of our advertisers. We may receive compensation when you click on links for these products. Terms apply to the offers listed on the page. For an explanation, uh, read our advertising policy page and there's a link there, basically. So they do that. They do the before content stuff. I know from following the points guy as well that even when they're posting like images on social media, they also put that disclaimer sometimes in the image. I think with the points guy, it's a bit different because they're recommending a lot of credit cards and like financial products. And that's like kind of getting into, you know, your money, your life kind of thing. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think Amazon associate, if you look at something kind of like what the wire cutter is doing, that's probably kind of the direction you might want to think about. I'm not saying you need to change this tomorrow or, or whatever, but add this to your to-do list to to make your affiliate disclaimer higher up and more prominent. Look at other big sites, how they're doing it, and see if you can kind of like make it blend in a little bit um, while still being able to obviously make the argument that it's clear and conspicuous so everyone can, can see it. Now, that's one half of what we're talking about today. The other half is where the, and this is not an Amazon rule, this is an FTC rule. The Amazon rules are you have to have their disclaimer and you have to follow the law. So, but they don't tell you what that is, what the law is. The FTC supposedly tells you what the law is. And in there, they're saying that 
when your disclaimer, your affiliate disclaimer is too far away, the link, then you need to highlight it again, basically. So essentially reading between the lines, they're like letter of the law. What they're saying is every affiliate link, you need to make sure that people know 100% it is an affiliate link but you can't call it an affiliate link because people don't know what that is. So you have to have like a sentence explaining that you are in commissions. Now, on some of our websites, we've had 100 plus affiliate links where we've had like tables and all sorts of stuff on, on pages. And there's just no way you could conceivably put 100 of these sentences. It would just destroy the, the look and feel of the, the page completely. The queue density would be interesting as well. Yeah, for sure. So that like... It's just not practical to do that. I, I've yet to see a site that that kind of does it on that level. There, I'm sure there are one or two kind of letter of the law sites out there that that do that, but I'm not really sure how successful they're they're going to be with that that approach. Uh, so that is what the FTC is kind of saying they want you to do, but they're not really being that specific about exactly how you need to do that and exactly what the rules are for that. So my view is that until we get more clarity around that, either by further clarification from the FTC of what what exactly they want with examples of what's okay and what's not okay, uh, not just the extreme cases, but the kind of borderline cases of what's okay and what's okay, what's not okay. Until we have that, then I would not be in be thinking to kind of highlight every link and explain that it's a, add a sentence after it to explain that I'm, earning commissions for purchases made through that link. So obviously I'm not about to give you legal advice to say what you should or shouldn't do, but we should probably put a disclaimer to this, by the way, this is not legal advice. You should consult your lawyer. That's my current view of things. Uh, And I think that we will probably see some cases over the next few years come up for this kind of stuff. And it's going to be people who are doing, you know, super dodgy stuff initially, but there, there may be one or two things come out of that. And remember, there are millions of, of people in the Amazon Associates program who have, have websites. They're not all in compliance. In fact, hardly anybody is fully in compliance with, with this. I'd say less than like 0.1% are. The thing is like there's many abandoned sites as well, right? There's sites that people don't even have the logins to or like have not touched in years or like even forgot about. Like, how does that work? Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't work. You have to kind of understand what the the reality of the FTC's kind of remit is here. And they're not ready to come after you tomorrow for, for this kind of stuff. Or if you're a massive site, like on the scale of the points guy, and like a bunch of people are complaining to the FTC because they they thought you're kind of misadvertising or misrepresenting something, then, you know, it's possible that, that something could happen happen there. But for the majority of people listening to this, it's, I would say it's not something they need to really make any major changes at the moment. Yeah, just put a disclaimer on top, basically. Like show goodwill the same way Amazon is showing goodwill to the FTC by sending you that email. I think if you, if you essentially match their level of commitment, so if Amazon commits really hard to this, then maybe it's going to be time to commit more to this. With just that email, I think putting the disclaimer on top is about right in terms of balance of response on your end you might want to also link from the the disclaimer to an advertising policy page or something where you kind of go into it in a bit more detail about what all that means and how you're still going to be unbiased but it's kind of like legally you have to explain all this and how you're going to make commissions sometimes from some of the links and, and all that 
here's my question to you though like where do you think that's going like in five years six years like what do you think is the level of kind of like disclaimer we're going to have to put on our website or any kind of like mass communication that we're using about products we're affiliates for i i i don't think it's going to be crazy like uh the FTC is not there to stifle business completely. They just want to make it a level playing field. And they don't, to be honest, I don't feel that the people making the decisions fully understand the, the landscape, but they're not at the same time complete idiots and going to come in and make these rules, which, you know, ban affiliate programs or, or anything like that, where we're, we're not anywhere close to something like that happening. So I, I wouldn't be too concerned about it. I would say as well that as technology gets better, usually platforms start to integrate the ability to report and to kind of comply with these things. So think about social media, Instagram, you have like that paid sponsorship uh, thing setting that you can do to kind of like act as that d- disclaimer that didn't exist, you know, several years ago. And other platforms have have similar things. Even on YouTube, if you just use like the hashtag sponsored or ad, then that already like helps to to kind of identify that this is happening. And there's lots of innovations in this area. Uh, I think if there was coming to be some kind of like big blanket ban that, that someone wanted to do on on this kind of stuff, specifically around um, affiliate links, then you know companies like Amazon, they'd have to come up with a technological solution, which would be practical yet still comply with it. Because if they didn't, then they're going to lose a shit ton of business. So that's kind of the way I would view things going forward, really. Yeah, I think so too. I think there's uh, also, you know, for example, Amazon has this link build, has this link plugin for WordPress, for example. So that's the kind of places where they could work to like make something where like maybe when you hover the link it shows a disclaimer you know you know that kind of stuff you know yeah i mean that's that's difficult the hover thing so like mobile and the way that works but yeah the, like the point is if we get to a stage where this is really becomes kind of like an existential threat it's going to be an existential threat to a million other businesses uh, and many of them many 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 times larger than yours who are going to dedicate whole teams of people to to solve it. Think of the situation like when GDPR came in, right? There's a lot of kind of like scaremongering really around that. And, you know, part of it was was coming from the right place. It wasn't needless scaremongering, but there were whole teams of people kind of set up like in big organizations to comply with this and build compliance into technology and like all these platforms and SaaS tools had to start thinking about it. And that's, arguably good in, in, in certain situations. But now that it's kind of it's kind of done and they've checked that box, it's like, okay, well let's let's get back to work now. I think that something similar would likely happen with with affiliate disclaimers and all that if if the FTC ever did come out and say, okay, no, everybody has to level up their their compliance. Otherwise we're gonna sue you all or something like that. Which I again I don't think they're even going to do that. But yeah, I don't believe it either. Anyway, I think that's, is that everything we have to say on this topic? I think so, right? Yeah. So just to summarize, put your Amazon Associates disclaimer higher up on your page. I would suggest not worrying too much at the moment about doing link level disclaimers. So a disclaimer around every link. Keep an eye on the situation. Keep an eye on what's what's happening in the industry. Look at your competitors. Look at bigger sites. If things start to change, then you know you're going to have to change as well. But for now, that's that's not the case. 
in my view. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, I think being moderate is, is fine. One other thing I wanted to say, sorry, is uh, like a friend of mine actually got banned from Amazon Associates a couple of years back because he missed the email where they were asking him to fix something. So if you go right now into your Gmail uh, or G Suite and find an email from Amazon Associates and then select like filter messages like this and then never send to spam and maybe mark is important as well, then that will avoid you being in that situation. It's just a, a small tip there as well. All right, so that is going to be closing this podcast. Uh, before we close it up, I'm going to make a bit of an announcement. We have that free webinar with a bunch of training on building authority sites. So if you want to go check it out, just go to authorityhacker.com. It's on the top of the homepage. Uh, there's a big button and you can sign up for the training and check it out. I spent a lot of time doing it. I got a lot of positive feedback from people who checked it out. There is a sales pitch at the end, full disclaimer. Uh, but the webinar in itself is all of value. So if you are building Amazon sites, etc., you're going to find a lot of value in there. So that's it for this podcast, guys. If you are not subscribed, don't forget to subscribe. We are on pretty much every platform. If you're listening, you are on one of these platforms. So just subscribe there. And if you really like this episode, if you found it useful, if you want us to do more of these kind of like news type podcasts, please drop us a review and let us know in there and tell us what you like about the podcast. And we will see you next week for another episode. Have a good day.